gentlemen, welcome back to Planet Tyro for the Woody Allen Retrospective Podcast. I am your normal host, Donald Wonder, and I'm joined by my co-host for this venture, Slyman. Right. <laughs> Slyman. It just came to me. I saw I was looking at reading your name and I thought this they should put an L in front of Simon. That's Slyman. That's you. You know, I was silent because I actually got up and started walking towards the door, but now I was like, you know what? Everybody deserves a second chance, even after that shitty opening line. Oh, you know? don't worry. So I'll, I'll like... give myself a round of applause in, in the edit as well. So... Yeah, you can give yourself a fucking beep too. <laughs> just mute all that. Whatever. Guys, thank you. I just want to say that um, we record these, we do these recordings sometimes a week in advance, so we don't get the feedback of some of our older recordings. Or in my case, I just don't read it. Yeah, thank you, Simon. The Woody Allen Controversy podcast, you know, I was a bit worried about because, you know, it's touchy subject even though it's 25 years ago. But thank you that some of the feedback I've gotten, you guys have been receptive to, receptive to it. There wasn't a lot of triggers or people weren't upset about it. People, people enjoyed it and thought it were fair. And that's what we're here to do, guys. Entertain. We don't just review the movies. We want to have a dialogue. Me and Simon mess around, joke around. And we're glad we got that conversation out of the way while I'm starting my words. And Simon, I want to thank you again for joining me on this one and getting that out of the way. That's fine. That's fine. And for anybody who decided to skip that one, here's a short summary. The whole family's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And Woody Allen is not a pedophile. But anyway, guys, let's move on. Last time, speaking of controversy, last time we reviewed the movie where you've been waiting for a decade for Diane Keaton and Woody Allen to get back together. They did 1993's Manhattan Murder Mystery. And quite frankly, I was very disappointed. Simon was a little bit more positive towards it, but if you want to find out about the whole discussion, if you're on YouTube, click on the top right corner and you can go back to that discussion. We're moving on. Guys, all of these discussions are spoiler discussions. If you're listening on the podcast, on iTunes or Android or what have you, I'll put all the links in the description. But again, me and Simon are just your average moviegoers, not working for IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or any of those snobby review sites. We're just blokes telling you about what we think about Woody Allen's movies. And we're moving on to the next one. And we're in one of my favourite decades in general. 1994 was a great year for hip-hop. was a great year for movies. So Woody Allen, doing his yearly thing, has brought us another movie. And I'll let Simon tell us what we're talking about today. Alright. So, in many ways, this is kind of the return of some of Woody Allen's first-timers from the past. We're talking about Bullets Over Broadway from 1994. And when I say a return i specifically talk about john cusack who's basically the new woody allen vessel woody is out for this one he's just behind the camera directing the film it feels like another piece it's a period piece that you know in the classic ages of broadway and the theater uh, basically what is it 19 1940s the gangster era 30s 40s yeah, feels like that. Does, yeah. that doesn't really matter it, it, it it's more about the feeling than the historical accuracy yeah and of course john cusack is the offer an artist in a crisis trying to get his true work realized on broadway as a play or at least any play get it financed but because he writes for the intelligent people, not what the public wants, not what's popular at the time, but for himself. He's kind of a snob, you know. Yeah, he's a snob. He has a, he has a tough time, right? And that is about as generic as it sounds. But what steals the show is a supporting cast. Sure. Very, very, very impressive actors. Jim Broadband, Harvey Feinstein, Chess Pellimentary, Mary Lewis Parker, Rob Reiner, Jennifer Tilly. Uh-huh. Tracy Allman, I mean... Where's my girl? You're missing my girl, man. Oh, uh, who's your girl? 
Diane Weiss. Diane Weiss, my lady. That that is true. True. Uh, I gotta say, she was my favorite as well. I was just going through just to see that and we're gonna get away from the controversy, but I just want to highlight that even though this is uh, another Woody kind of playing it close to the chest, similar to Radio Days, really a kind of like a, a small, a smaller film. You know, yeah. a, a more comfortable film for Woody, not really pushing the envelope, mm-hmm. but it, it has a unique charm to it that might make it some people's favorite. It's a star-studded movie. People are still returning. They still really like Woody Allen. There's no, there's no shortcoming to this film, despite the air, you know, that it's made in during this time of controversy, slow close in 1994. But uh, really summarize the plot, which there isn't much, because the fun bit about this movie is how it pays with your expectations and it unravels differently. But basically, the way John Cusack's character gets to play finance is that his producer or whatever gets in with the mob he offers one of his mobster friends the opportunity for his girlfriend to be in the play in exchange for paying for the whole thing and uh that the jump kick stars the plot diane weiss is great as this respective actress i think her character's name is helen sinclair yeah who's fallen off a bit so she makes her comeback sort of with this play but of course she's unsatisfied it's very hard to convince her to take the part and then when the mob bodyguard and the different actors, as well as the wannabe actress, who's the mobster's girlfriend, I think her name is Olive, get together for her rehearsal, that's when really the movie comes alive. Yeah. And when the unexpected twists and turns happen in the production. You know what? Let me say this. This was a movie, another one that I hadn't rewatched in a long time. And I really remember the title sticking out to me, Bullets of a Broadway. For some reason, the title of the movie also stood out to me but the movie was not memorable and watching this movie again i have to say man for the first half an hour i really just felt like this movie was just not coming together and i was like yeah this is why i don't remember it too well because like you said the cinematography is great you know woody has an eye for doing period pieces radio days border danny rolls it looks good i just didn't really think that it was coming together but to my surprise as i was watching it as it got closer to the end, it actually started to get better and it really started to come alive for me. And, it, you know, everything got better the, as the, the film came together. I think till they started actually producing this play in the movie, the build-up to that, I didn't really care for it. But once they were all making the play, that was when a lot of the energy came in, a lot of the comedy, and it really won me over. And it really has a very good overall message and there's a lot of thinking i mean the main theme of this whole movie ultimately comes down to is how far would you go for your dream and who really cares about the art does he really want to make his movie and who's got and the talent and the talentless that's a really big part the talent and the talentless and who really has it if you have it you have it if you don't you don't and those themes come in all at the end you know, I, I was surprised because I really was not liking this movie for the first half an hour. By the end, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I was like, wow, Woody, you know, you were you were kind of dusty, you know, especially after Manhattan Murder Mystery. I was not feeling it. But by the end, I liked a lot of what this movie had to say. And just picking up what you left off about the cast, again, I mean, every single movie, Woody Allen has got a fabulous cast. And to be honest with you, I don't know why he cast himself in the last movie, Manhattan Murder Mystery. I wish that was a Diane Keaton vehicle on her own because not seeing him in this movie and him directing 
he needed to work out the kinks. And this movie, like I said, I felt like he was getting some dust off. And the second half is much stronger than the first. The cast is great. The film shot really well. It's a period piece. It's more of what he's done before. John Cusack being another Woody Allen vessel. In the beginning, I thought he was trying a bit too hard, especially when he found out that, you know, the mob guys were financing the movie. There's a scene in particular where he wakes up in the middle of the night and he loses his fucking mind. He goes absolutely berserk on the phone. He's just losing his shit. I thought he kind of overacted that part just a little bit. But when that other mob character, I mean, what's his name again? I think he, Diane Weiss, and the mob character with the true talent, the one who ends up helping John Cusack. uh, Cheech, one of my favorite names (laughs) from the old country. Cheech, Cheechy, Cheech, played by Chess Parliamentary, who's, again, one of the all-time great character actors. Those two, Diane Weiss and him, those two are the, are the standouts. And Although we want to get this guy's name right because we keep butchering it. It's Chaz Palmin Terry. Palmin Terry. Yeah. Palmin Sound it out, Simon. Sound it out. <laughs> you know, I like the fact you're respecting the actors and he does deserve it because him and Diane Everybody Weiss... knows this guy. Yeah. If you say mobster, he's like in the top five. That comes up. That's how epic this guy is as a character actor. Woody Allen even said in casting, as soon as he saw him and heard him, he's like, this this is it. This guy is just it. And the funny thing is, Woody Allen asked him to ad-lib. And the guy, the guy's like, no, your script is tight, Woody. I don't need to ad-lib. And I was surprised because after watching the movie, I, I would have thought he would have ad-libbed that. But that's Woody Allen's writing. And again, going to Diane Weiss now, she usually plays very soft, like in September, she was playing that soft-spoken best friend who upset me a farewell, but now she's playing a very broad and uppity actress, and I mean, one of the, there's a running gag for this movie, it's very silly, but if you remember the Simon, don't, don't speak, don't, don't speak, don't speak! No, uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling that too much. To I knew you wouldn't. I had the feeling you'd think it's too cheesy, but I, it, it got ridiculous. There was a part where he was trying to kiss and she was pushing his face to the point his glasses fall off his face. It got so ridiculous, but even by the end, Cheech, even when he dies at the end, even his his last words are don't speak. Don't, it's like a running gag, that don't speak thing. You know what? Overall, this movie is more of the same. I'm not going to say it's fantastic. I will say that I really felt it was weak in the beginning and... It just felt like a bit like a mess, but once they were all making this movie, it was fun. This movie... You mean the play? The play. I keep saying movie. I don't know, because I'm watching the movie. (laughs) But when they're making the play, it just felt like a lot of fun, you know? And I did like the fact it did get dark in the end with a murder, because again, this Jennifer Tilly's character... Look, Jennifer Tilly's a good actress... She's got one of those voices, like the woman in the, the was it what's that TV show, The Babysitter? And yeah, with that annoying voice, I can't remember the actress's name. I know, I know what you mean though. I mean, she, she would you picked her on purpose? I think the murder, her murder, would have drove home a bit more if she wasn't so annoying, and it would have actually drove the whole plot of the movie a bit more if she actually was a more earnest. The, she's she's hired for nepotism, like she's forced to be in the play. No one wants her in the play, really. She can't act. And she's annoying. I thought if she wasn't annoying, she was more innocent. And then they killed her off because the you know the mobster guy wants the play to be his way. I thought that would have been a lot more dramatic. But again, you know, I'm I, I can already feel you didn't really like the movie. Here's the thing: my experience was a bit the opposite. I liked the beginning better than the second half. Really? Just because here here's the thing: the beginning was colorful. Like we're introduced to the period. 
this world with, uh, you know, Woody's always, always has great attention to detail. So we have mobster families. We have a whole Broadway society with come and go stars, stars of yesterday, you know, who's hot. You really get introduced to a lot of detail about this world and uh, how John Cusack is this noob talent trying to fit in. And uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he's in Wolf of Wall Street. And he's like he's a lot younger in this, but he's his friend. And he's a, he's a guy who's like, art beats everything. If you had to go into a burning building and you could only say one thing and it was the last copy of all of Shakespeare's, Shakespeare's play, plays or, or, or any other Stranger. human being, yeah. you would take the plays. You would take the... <laughs> what would you do, Simon? I'm curious. What would you do? I didn't. Go, I wouldn't go into the damn burning building. I mean, what the fuck am I? Nah, <laughs> like, King like, Arsenal. I would, I, would, I would just. <laughs> I would keep walking. <laughs> You'll let them both burn. The, the stranger and it, the place. It's 2017. Everybody would just st- stand there with their phones tweeting it. Come on, that what run in? This ain't Spider Man Two. It's like uh, that. That decade is over. We're fed and lazy. I mean, I'm not. But probably I would be the one dumbass pushed in. But never mind. Um, what was I saying? You, you, you messed me up. Uh, yeah, he's, he was the Mad Max from Wolf of Wall Street. I love that guy. So, a lot of introductions. It actually, I had another, damn, everybody rips off Woody Allen moment in this. Because okay. I thought, when they're setting up the play, and all these wacky actors have to come together to make this troubled production work. Yeah. I was like, this is like Birdman. Even Birdman kind of ripped this off. The way they introduce certain characters with the camera work. I'm like, I can see a lot of similarities. Hmm. But then the movie just goes flat. And the whole point is that you see a solution immediately. How they could just switch two actresses and change here and there, this and that. And then the play could just probably work and everybody would be happy. But this is sort of a, a little bit of a pessimist face for Woody. Where he's like... Guess what? I'm I'm gonna play with your expectations. The guy who fought was the up and coming talent turns into a douchebag. He has no talent. The real talent is Cheech, but he get he gets he gets killed. Hmm. But not before killing, you know, like you said, the uh, the innocent girl who was just thrown in the middle of this. Diane Weiss is great. I mean, she's very entertaining, but she doesn't really do much. They have this. Yeah. relationship with John Cusack that really doesn't go anywhere. And I thought she was using him. When I was watching him, I thought she was, I thought she wasn't even going to have sex with him. I thought she was just kind of using him to write her part bigger because in the yeah. movie, she's kind of coercing him to make her part bigger and then because when Cheech's influence comes to the John Cusack character and, and then he starts writing this magnificent rewrite of the play, then she falls in love with him. So I thought that like Woody had two ideas. First of all, he was going to make her completely manipulate John Cusack but then she was going to make him fall in love with the, with the artist because he's so good at writing. And I thought, you could have done one or the other. You didn't need to do both. It's almost like this is a cameo of Woody, a cameo show of Woody Allen's previous movies. I mean, you have Radio Days. Then you have uh, The Front. Then you have... Broadway uh, Danny Wells with the uh, mobsters yeah, and shit. Yeah, then you have Crimes and Misdemeanors with the <laughs> at the end yeah. with Cheech. <laughs> you know, I'm like what's next is are we gonna get the dead rabbit is that the finish you know we we always say that and i know it upsets people when we say he takes from himself but at the end of the day there's everyone does that but the thing is because we animates a movie every year it can seem a little bit more obvious you know yeah I, i'm not saying you know in a negative way i'm just yeah. saying you know he really missed a, a lot of i really just thought of it right now he really missed a lot of stuff he experimented before together just uh you know 
I guess, surprised the audience. He actually co-wrote this movie, by the way. This is one, he directed it, but he co-wrote the movie with someone else. And I believe this this idea wasn't his first pick, but his, and the co-writer, which again, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. The co-writer actually persuaded him to go with this idea because I don't think he wanted to go with this idea entirely. Douglas McGrath. Yeah, I mean, you know, Woody co-wrote a lot of his early work with uh, his, his buddy, from back in the day. I can't think of the guy's name now. He's a terrific writer. I mean, sure. sometimes it's good, good and bad because Woody's a, a comedian. So if you give him anything, he it's like a jump off point. He can make he can make it work immediately. His mind goes to something funny. Yeah. And I, again, there was a lot of funny dialogue like that in the beginning for me when you're, when you're introducing the characters. Like, uh, you know, the mobster goes over to uh, uh, his girlfriend, which is... Uh, uh olive and he's like i got you some pearls he's like those are real pearls or black pearls yeah what do you think i'm stupid like it just you know and again diane weiss's introduction is just some very good dialogue where you know uh talking about her alcoholism there's just a good scene it almost feels like a play movie yeah it is you can see this working as a play about making a play again way before producers was a hit yeah. Uh, or somebody's gonna Google it up and like, well, actually, it came. I'm like, okay, I'm just saying for a, a certain audience, if you're into these deconstructions of theater, then this is a very entertaining movie for you because it has a lot of that, but also it, it throws in elements you never saw before. Did you watch uh, Hail Caesar from a couple years back? Because that's another movie about you know making a movie or production. There's this whole subgenre movies like this. Me and Orson Welles. Both oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies in movies so yeah, yeah, yeah. Shakespeare and, and, in Love as well you Shakespeare in Love yeah I mean yeah Birdman that we Birdman really, yeah, yeah exactly so it is a subgenre, and I'm trying to compliment the movie I think the most memorable thing about it that it takes that subgenre, but adds all these elements you wouldn't see normally just like the gangster element it's kind of cool I like the idea that you know, this is a play financed by gangsters, you know? Yeah. And and that could have been expanded Yeah. if we didn't, wouldn't go into this different direction. I just thought first half of the movie is interesting because you see all these new things introduced to colorful characters and you can't wait for them to interact. But then they never really interact. You don't get a lot of time with them sharing the stage. Usually we come in at the end of the rehearsal and it's just one or two characters talking mostly Cheech making remarks, you know, and you, people start to realize, hey, this guy has really good ideas. Or there's a subplot of, uh, I guess, Olive having an affair with one of his her co-stars. And even that, it's kind of like an abandoned idea because Cheech could just told his boss that. And then his boss could have, would have probably killed her herself, himself. Yeah. You know, and then he didn't have to do anything. I'm like, I'm not quite sure why things ended up this way. It's just, it's okay. You know, like you said, you like the second half better. You thought it came together because it had a strong message of art and who's the, the real artist. Sometimes people think... The, the ending, the ending really won me over. I won't lie, because I thought weak beginning, stronger middle, but at the end, it really took me over the edge with the murder. And even though John Cusack got very self-righteous, which, which was kind of annoying, at the end, when he, you know, truly realized that, you know, I'm not cut out for this shit, you know what I mean? Because he was, his his future was about to turn into a new direction. He could have, obviously would have been probably exposed as a phony because he didn't write the play at that point. And he could have gone down the road, Diane Weasel in love with him. He was a new thing in Hollywood, but he just realized, you know what? 
I can't do this. I ain't got it. Came to his his um, ex girlfriend, which he, you know who who was cheating on him as well because he left. And I just like the ending and even that comedy bit where he's in the street and they're airing out their whole dirty laundry in the street. That was funny. I was like, I like this, but looking at it in retrospect, like you said, even though I enjoy, I think this, I will say this for the record, just to wrap this up, this is a fun movie. But honestly, Woody Allen. His previous movies are a little bit cleaner. This is a honestly, I felt this is a bit lopsided. It's a hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss ideas all over the place. When I sat down and watched it, I just felt first I was squirming and I liked it and I was kind of squirming. And at the end, I kind of felt a bit all over the place. So I kind of agree with you. It's not a great movie. I just think it's a fun movie. It's probably better. I like this way better than Radio Days. And I really like this better than Manhattan Murder Mystery. I was very disappointed with that movie. So Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. This is better than Manhattan Murder Mystery. Seriously. No, yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay. No, no, no. Once again, no. you're wrong and I'm right. So let's just leave it at that. But uh, it's usually <laughs> the other way around. So I, I don't know. We're definitely not but in then agreement. Again, I, I, I can't. You know what? I can't even fault thought you were saying that because i really don't have an opinion on this one i just thought okay it's another one you know it it it, it's it was a bit uneventful for me yeah like i said i like probably i'm in the minority i like the first half better you know i thought oh this is interesting they can play with a lot of angles and then got just got jumbled up the way you feel about the movie now is how I remember feeling about it all along. Like, I brought it to a Broadway that, well, I don't like this movie. Then I watch it, I thought, oh, it's not so bad. It's actually kind of fun. But, you know, I don't think this is one of the best. I just think it's a passable movie. If the intro wasn't so kind of stilted for me, I would recommend it for kind of a general audience. But to be honest with you, this fits more in that subgenre of, you know, a movie in a movie or people making a movie in a movie or playing a movie, whatever. You know, it's not bad, but... I will, I will just finish and say this. I really feel like this is a movie where Woody Allen's working out the kinks. Woody Allen's, you know, brushing the dust off. And at the at this moment in time, he's still got a lot going on because the whole controversy was still going on, you know, the court battles. So again, for him to even make a movie at this caliber at this time, considering what he's going through, taking that into consideration, you know, that's cool. And looking at the audience scores, this movie won an Oscar. <laughs> So what he's... Yeah, yeah, Diane Weiss won an Oscar yeah, for yeah. Best Support, which is very well deserved because you really can recognize her in this character. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Woody's back on the Oscar scene. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes IMDb scores in the nines and tens. People think this is a very crowd pleasing movie, and I can see it being a crowd pleasing movie. And I know I'm being a bit harsh. And I'm not saying you swayed me, but I do feel like the more I think about it in retrospect, it's just okay passable movie a passable Woody Allen movie and in general a movie I'd say yeah check it out you know probably wouldn't be one of the first ones I'll say to watch from Woody Allen's collection but definitely not even close to one of the worst so it's a good movie I would just leave it it's a good movie I feel like I'm tripping on my words right now I don't know man to me it was just alright I mean <laughs> you sound like you're dying you, you sound yeah, like you're... <laughs> it's just like he, he, he... You know, Woody does much better stuff. Yeah, he does. He does, and he will. He does, and he will. So we'll leave it at that. It was a short review because, you know, it was just kind of a a short movie, you know. At least the movie wasn't long, you know. And it was shot very well. If I didn't say that, it was shot very well. And here's a fun fact. The movie had an alternative ending, which when I heard it, I wasn't surprised, actually. An alternative ending, Cheech actually lives, and he actually, he does take up the mantle of the um, writer, and he does go up to Hollywood, and then, there's an irony in the fact that he realizes that you know Hollywood is more cutthroat than being a gangster, but would he pass on that and decide to go with this ending? I I don't think it would have. I don't know. I just 
I couldn't see the ending. I couldn't have seen him not dying, gone into Hollywood and then been success and then John Cusack's character still off with his wife. It could have went that way. I don't think it would have made much of a difference. Him dying was was kind of passe. So either way, I, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. Yeah, that's kind of the fault of the movie, at least for me, that in the end, you really need to care what happens. And I kind of didn't. I'll give you that. Okay, Cheech is dead. Okay. Uh, that's a good point to point. I didn't care that he died, actually. And you could say it was one of those things, you live by the sword, die by the sword, but I, I should have cared more because he, you know, he had some great lines, everything he said, the way this is real and this, I was like, yeah, he's talking sense, he's a natural talent, but you're right, I didn't care when he died. I thought um, John Cusack's character was just a little bit of a whiny, suck-up bitch and at the end, it would have been funnier if his uh, girlfriend left him. Yeah, that's a, that's a typical Woody Allen ending, misery. So what what happened to that? You know, I was surprised it was ultra sweet. That I will say, I was like, oh, you actually that doesn't that Woody Woody, you know, he cheated on his wife. He that he lied to her. He said he, he didn't, and then he then she found out, and then you know he should have walked home alone and wrote a movie about it. That's what he should have done. <laughs> anyway, why are we remaking this film? It's over. We kind of think it's middling, but you know, guys. If you want to know all the behind the scenes of the movie, you want more information, check out the Woody Allen Pages Watchers Guide and he'll give you all the details on the movie, all the stuff we didn't mention. You already know, people already like the film. Guys, if you disagree with it, we're being too harsh, you loved it or hated it, let us know in the comments down below whether you're listening on the podcast, YouTube, what have you. Simon, no need to bicker about this one anymore. I'll just say thank you for joining me on this recording. That's okay, man. Let's get on to the next one because you sound like you're dying, son. <laughs> yeah, man. I am on. I can't wait. Speaking of play movies, Don't Drink the Water. Oh. A very, 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 very successful play Woody Allen wrote is being adapted into a movie yes. in the same year, 1994. Isn't that what's coming up next? That is correct. And, you know, it's it's a very lesser-known movie, but I was so happy to hear a, a movie with Michael J. Fox and Woody Allen. He gets actors you just wouldn't think. You're like, wow, Michael J. Fox and Woody Allen? Yeah, man. And, uh, I, you know, both of us really liked Played Against Sam. So I'll be honest with you. I have not seen it. So it's going to be the first time I've ever watched it. So that's going to be... A really? You haven't yeah. seen uh, Don't Drink the Water? No, I haven't seen it. I had to actually go and get it. I actually had to buy it, rip it, so we can share the file. But anyway, guys, stay tuned to the next discussion so we can talk about that one. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you on the next Woody Allen recording. Have a good one.